Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four. You're listening to The Knicks Recap. Your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap. Your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy. And don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. Guys, training camp. Preseason, Tom Thibodeau maybe plays the youth, maybe doesn't, maybe there's injuries, I don't know. I got to get set straight here, I got to get calm right quick, and the perfect person to help me do this is New York Post reporter, Zach Braziller, he's covering all of the uh, camp, he's, he's at the workouts, he's at practice, he's getting all the in-depth information that you want to know that I want to know. Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show. How's it going, man? Hey, man. My uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. And, uh, you know, uh, you've been at camp. I just want to jump right into it. You've, you know, you've been talking to the players. You've, you've heard everything that, you know, we've heard. Obviously, we've seen the interviews. But I think the one question that everybody wants to hear and get answered is, is Tom Thibodeau keeping that beard? He said it was a vacation beard. So my <laughs> guess is no, but uh, he still got it. So we'll see. But my guess is he's going to shave it before the season starts. I don't think he's a beard guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, from uh, from the fans all over, Thibs, uh, please shave the beard. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's just not you. And something else that is not really Thibs is playing or – Wanting to play a lot of the youth. Um, that's been the biggest question, Zach, coming into uh, camp. Really, what was going to happen with the minutes? What was going to happen with playing the youth? That's all we've heard, right? Throughout the offseason, we've heard the Donovan Mitchell chatter. We heard Quentin Grimes, the untouchable one, if you will, could not be traded. And right. now we're at the season, and now we're hearing terms like merit-based, front runners, Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier, Evan friggin' Fournier. Um, and, of course, I love Evan Fournier. I think he's a great shooter. Not to you know, say any hate on him, but a lot of fans, myself included, want to see maybe Cam or uh, Grimes in that starting role. What is the uh, feeling going into this camp now? Are minutes available? Are they going to be as locked in to Julius and RJ getting the bulk of that? What is your feel? Yeah, look, it, it's it's obviously a, a big question what they're going to do with the two, whether it's Fournier or you know or Grimes. You know, I actually didn't have a huge problem with with him saying the veteran was the front runner. You know, if, if Grimes is great in training camp, if he's great in the preseason, and he makes it clear he deserves it, you know, you could always start him. I I don't see the problem at least from the beginning 
with bringing Grimes off the bench. I don't. And I look, I like Grimes a lot. I, I was out in Vegas during summer league. I was, I thought he was terrific. I, I think he's going to be a good NBA player, but I, you know, put it this way. Let's say you start Grimes and he struggles and now you got to bring him off the bench. How, you know, how is a kid like that going to react to that? So I, I have no problem kind of making him earn it, but I, I agree. Look, you got the biggest way the Knicks take a leap is by some of their young players getting much better, whether it's Grimes, whether it's Obi Topin, obviously RJ Barrett is still a young player as well. You know, Emmanuel quickly and Thibodeau has got to be open to this. You know, he, he can't, you know, just stick with the veterans, no matter what, you know, we, we saw how bad their, their, you know, their defense was in the backcourt among the starters last year with, you know, with Kemba, uh, you know, and, and, and Fournier. And so it's, you know, it's, it's an issue, you know, but I do think at least in the beginning, I, I don't hate the idea of bringing Grimes off the bench because look, it's, let's, you know, he, he doesn't have a huge body of work. I know everyone loves him, but let's be fair. You know, as good as he was, summer, he only played 46 games last year. So the body of work isn't quite there. So I don't think having him prove it is the worst thing in the world, you know, but, you know, he does need to like be flexible here, <laughs> you know, and that's the other thing. Grimes is to me projects as a good defender. and He showed you some good things defensively and, you know, you re- a, a backcourt of Grimes and, and Jalen Brunson is probably better defensively than any other backcourt options they have. Took the words just out of my mouth, Zach. Just took them out. And just that's the only thing I'm thinking about here. I get Evan's a great shooter. I'm not trying to even knock Evan. I I like Evan. I think off the bench, he could be a great scoring punch and a threat. And we need more scoring like that. And I think to your point, with a lot of mouths to feed now in the starting lineup with Brunson, Randall, RJ, Mitch is probably going to get some burn too. You need somebody who's going to be a lockdown defender, and that's really what Grimes came in, a 3 and D specialist. And we saw a lot of that D last season in summer league, and I agree. I think it could go into this season. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, get, I get the people saying that they want to see him play for it. Zach, here's my thing. When we see these players play for it, and I think a lot of Nick fans would agree, we saw Emmanuel quickly try to play for it last season. And, you know, he did struggle a little bit, but... Toward the uh, after All-Star break, he was picking it up a lot. But he didn't really get rewarded those starter minutes until really there was the last 10 games of the season. It really didn't matter anymore. So do you see Thibs really flexing on that and saying, you know, okay, well, uh, I'm 10 games in and I see Grimes is doing a little better off the bench. Maybe I start him. Do you see him really messing the rotation up at that point? I think it depends on the results. If the team is struggling and Grimes is playing fantastic, you know, I, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I really think it has to do results. Like if the team is winning, but you know, Evan's not playing great, but you're winning. I, then maybe he, he kind of is slower to make that change, but you know, I, I do see what your point is, you know, bringing Evan off the bench, you know, as kind of a microwave score, isn't, isn't a terrible idea. And, and then maybe Grimes actually does fit those starters better when you consider, you know, he's a guy who really doesn't need to play with the ball a lot. Um, but yeah, look, I think it really depends on how that, you know, we got to see how training camp goes, see how preseason and, and see how they start. But I don't, like I said, I don't hate the idea of Grimes off the bench just to, you know, you know, make him prove it, you know, cause the body of work is small. Um, I think Nick fans will have to accept that, you know, they have a lot of established guys. who are going to play a lot. You know, I, I have a hard time seeing where OB's minutes are going to increase, you know, 
Tibbs is clearly does not want to play Obi and Randall together. The, the addition of Hartenstein is going to make that even harder. And, and I think Hartenstein right. is a really good player here. So, Agreed. you know, the big question now is if, if Randall is a mess, if he doesn't find himself after last year and Obi's playing really well, does maybe, you know, does, does Randall, does Randall's minutes go down and Obi's minutes go up? I don't know if, you know, if he pulls the trigger on that one, but that to me is the way that's really the only scenario I see Obi's minutes going up. I, I don't, I don't see Rand, you know, Thibs today was not happy when someone brought up their, you know, their numbers together, Obi and Randall, and, you know, kind of said that was because of a few blowouts and that in the meaningful games, they didn't really play well together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure where Obi and Quickly's minutes increase is necessarily going to come. I think they're just going to have to play their roles well. You see, here's the thing for me, Zach. Even when Randall and Obi were playing, they didn't really get that much time together. I forget what the minute count was. I think it was under 100 minutes or something. Right. I, it was crazy number. I read. I forget the exact number, but it wasn't a lot of time that they had to gel together. And what I'm seeing, and maybe I'm wrong here, and this is going into my next question with Julius Randall. In my opinion, he looks to be in the best shape I have ever seen him in coming into a season. Um, and since that's the case, and we know this team, in order to compete in a stacked East, they're going to have to use their depth. They're going to have to run. They're going to have to, you know, use those youthful legs. And he's cut a lot of weight. Is it a possibility that we can see him play a little bit more of the three, have Toppin at the four, and maybe give you Mitch at the five so that defensive liability that, that creates without a Mitch there, you can add him to that lineup and potentially still get that defense that you miss without him you know we we haven't heard much about that lineup but you know i i don't mind it i actually kind of like that lineup and you could put you play rj at the two and you know obviously brunson probably at the one that's a really big lineup like i actually don't think that's a bad idea now it all depends on can can you know can julius guard wings um and that's something we don't you know clearly don't know we haven't really seen much of practice we only get in for brief amounts but no, I, I actually like that lineup. That's a that's a pretty in, intriguing big lineup, which I don't necessarily think they would use a ton, but against specific teams, you know, maybe against like a team like the Sixers, that could be a lineup um, that that's that's intriguing. But yeah, no, I agree. Look, Julius looks he looks leaner. He looks much, you know, he definitely looks a, a little lighter. He just he looks like he's you know, in terrific, terrific shape. And no, I mean that's definitely an uh, you know an interesting uh, an interesting idea. And, you know, I'm glad that you said that, you know, he is in in that good a shape because when he's come into shape like this, and I think we saw this during his all-star campaign, I know everybody wanted to write that season off. I think half of my Twitter feed wants me to write off the <laughs> quote-unquote pandemic season because it didn't matter. Randall's numbers were, you know, inflated. And I guess if you look at the shooting numbers, especially from three, 41% to around, what, 30%, about 11% drop uh, coming into this season, that's a huge hit. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of Nick fans want to see him kind of resemble somewhat of the all-star player he was um, a couple of years ago. And I think coming into camp gives him the best, you know, shot to do it. So, you know, I, I like it. But my, my question with Julius is, you know, from what you've seen at practice when you've been there and obviously speaking to him in depth, where do you think his mindset is coming into camp? Does he does it feel any different to you? Does it just where does his headspace do you feel? You know, he, he seemed very positive, you know, the other day. He, he, he definitely did. You know, he, he said he learned a lot, you know, basically about, you know, it's saying it's a lot easier to be a leader when things are going well than when they aren't. 
Um, you know, he didn't directly address, you know, criticism he received, but no, he definitely seems in, in, in a good frame of mind. I think the addition of Jalen Brunson is going to help him a ton, not just on the court, but off the court. You know, Jalen's a, you know, is a, is a really good leader. He's a real mature guy who really gets it. And he's going to, you know, take up some of the media responsibility that, that Randall had to, you know, had to soak up. And I, so I think that will help. Um, I think, you know, less, you know, handling the ball and less being forced to be your the top scorer and creator will help him. You know, he talked a lot about the other day that he's, he's looking forward to that. He's looking forward to getting to kind of do some stuff off the ball and, and not, and not have all eyes on him, which is also something that Thibodeau mentioned today is that last year, the team team's focus was squarely on him last year. Now this year with maybe RJ taking a step up with Brunson, you know, with, with, with some other guys, you know, maybe maybe Julius kind of can, I wouldn't say fade into the background, but maybe take advantage of not being the sole focus of the other team's game plan, you know. So, mm-hmm. look, he's going to have to adjust to not playing with the ball as much. But I do think if he kind of um, embraces that, it could work in his favor. So what you're telling me is we're not going to see Point Randall. I mean, you don't pay you don't pay Jalen Brunson 104 million to be a shooting guard. He's he's coming here to run this team. Like, there's no question about it. Like, Brunson is here to be the guy at the point. You know, I'm not saying he's going to score you 25 a game, and he's probably not going to lead them in scoring. But he's going to be the he's going to be their number one playmaker. He's going to be their creator. He's you know, obviously Julius and RJ too to an extent. But I, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot less of Julius on the ball, kind of running the show. So let's go into our shyly new acquired point guard in Jalen Brunson. Uh, probably the best signing um, of the offseason. I know a lot of people said it wasn't overpay, but um, just looking at the contract, the fact that it's descending for me personally is 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 a great contract in regards to if he even works and gets better, which it seems like he will. I mean, he's only what, 26, entering his prime. I mean, he's he can make that contract look extremely valuable as a year's age. So I'm definitely not mad at that. But what do you see from practice? Um, you know, I saw Jalen and a Knicks fan actually went nuts about this, if you can believe it. Uh, if you saw the little uh, interview they had, or they're doing a photo shoot, Randall, um, Brunson, and RJ, and he didn't give RJ a pound. And every Knicks fan in my feed focused on that one little clip and, you know, gave me so many DMs about it. Just what do you feel about, what do you see with Brunson and the team, the chemistry that you've seen at practice, and just the overall feeling with Brunson being added to the squad? You know, I, you could make the argument it was an overpay, but I think it was an overpay they had to make. You know, they've, they've needed a point guard forever. There's no, there's no question about it. It's, it's been, you know, decades. I think, I think I wrote this. I think they've had around 11 or 12 different point guards in the last 12 years on you know starting point guards on opening night they've they've needed one forever he's a mature guy you know he he's you know he's a guy who's won at every level high school college the nba you know you look at last year he had a huge breakout year the postseason he was tremendous he carried them when luca was out you know he's a guy that's only Mm -hmm. gotten better you know and he was here a lot in august and september kind of getting to know the guys he obviously knows thibs extremely well from his childhood knows leon rose extremely well his dad's on staff i i think it's a home run move i really do i think he's going to i think he's going to only kind of further emerge i i really do i mean look if he's if he, 
people always say there's a difference between putting up numbers in the regular season and the postseason. And he did it when all eyes were on him. He did it with Luca out of the lineup. He did it even when Luca came back. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the move. Now, you know, is he a, whatever, $25 million a year player? Maybe not. Maybe he's more like 22. Maybe he's 21. Maybe he's even 20. But you know what? It's worth the overpay. The Knicks can afford it. They needed a point guard. They needed a leader. They needed a guy who's, you know, who lives and breathes and dies this stuff. And, you know, I, I think he fits in really well with RJ, who's a guy like that too, who's a young guy who, who just works. That's all he knows. He works and he gets better. You know, I, I see a lot of similarities between them both, honestly. You know, I know RJ obviously was a bigger prospect coming into the NBA, but I kind of do see similarities where both both had fathers who were, you know, who were who were big, who were big basketball players. Both have got been guys who, you know, were stars at the high school level and college level. I, I actually see a lot of similarities. I think they're going to be really good together. So another piece that's always being mentioned with the uh, RJ connection, Cam Reddish. Man, I have not – I've never thought I would talk about Cam Reddish so much. Uh, not because I don't like the kid. I love Cam Reddish. It's just that I never thought it would be such a big deal to play the guy. I thought everybody would be clamoring for Grimes more. I never thought that I would hear Cam Reddish's name as much. And, again, I don't mind it. He's big, he's long. He's athletic. I get why. And he can if, – if he get, grows into that defense that we believe he can, he can defend one through three, one through four. I mean, he has the length to do it and definitely the ability – but it's always about, you know, the question is the motor. And does he come into camp ready, focused, in shape? Um, right now, there's an opportunity that arose because Evan Fournier is sore right now. He may not play the first preseason game coming up uh, October 4th this Tuesday against the Pistons. And Grimes is in a walking boot because of left knee soreness. So... You kind of have to put him in unless you really, really do not want to put him in and you put him in for McBride or somebody else. But it seems logical that he will get either a starter minute or at least a bench roll for the preseason game. What is your thoughts on Cam coming into this season? Yeah, no, look, it, he clearly has has an opportunity early here in this preseason to, to, to open some eyes. You know, I thought it was interesting today. Thibodeau brought him up without even mentioning it and just said how. He feels like this is a big camp for him because he came over in the trade, then he got hurt. He obviously never really carved out a niche for himself for whatever reason. And so, look, he this camp is an opportunity for him to really show the staff what he can do. I mean, you know, everyone healthy. I just I don't I don't know if he's really part of the rotation just because who are, in that second unit you have. Let's say let's say let's say Grimes goes to the bench. You have Rose, Grimes, Obi, Quickly. Um, and Hartenstein, who is of that group? Who are you kind of not going to play? So Reddish really has an uphill battle to be part of the rotation. So this, you know, so this, you're right. I mean, this, this, these practices and this, you know, first preseason game or two where he's probably going to get a shot are going to be very important for him to open some eyes and, and, and to show what he can do. Because clearly last year, Tibbs wasn't overly impressed by him, didn't play him much. So this is, you know, really an opportunity that he has to take advantage of. So just so the Knicks fans don't read too much into it, this is still, uh, you know, kind of a next man up mentality, right? Because it's legitimately who else is going to play? You have right. crimes and Fournier gone. So it's not – I don't want to just read through the tea leaves here, but we shouldn't make more of this than what it is, right? No, yeah, like I said, if everyone is healthy come the season, I don't – I just don't see where he fits in terms of the rotation. Cause like yeah. I said, I, 
I think everyone is agreed that Grimes has to play. Quickly's got to play. Rose obviously going to play. So I don't really see kind of a spot. He's kind of like, to me, he's your 11th, probably your 11th, 12th man. So everyone healthy, you know, unless he just blows you away in training camp and preseason and basically says, look, he's playing that well that they have, that he, they forced him into playing him. So here's, here's one of my takes. And I, and maybe this is a is a little bit of a crazy take, but listen, when you play when you play guys, 35, 38, 41 minutes a night, and you do that over the course of a 82 game season, and then at 60 games they're burnt out, or maybe their legs hurt a little bit more, or maybe they go into the playoffs hobbling a little bit. You have a 10 minute rotation. I get it. There are going to be people that are going to get these minutes consistently. But shouldn't it be dependent on the, the team that you're playing? Because if you have all this depth, you have Toppin, right? You have Reddish, you have Grimes, you have Quickly. And we've heard that they want to play bigger minutes. So if that's the case and you want to increase minutes, but you don't want to do it every single game, then I assume you're going to have to do it on a matchup consistent basis. But what I've been hearing, it's all merit-based. You have to earn it. So I, I feel like I'm getting, you know, a couple of mixed, mixed signal here. Is it, is it really going into camp, clean slates, you're going to earn your spot, or is it things kind of carved out already and we're just kind of just waiting to see what happens? I think, a, I think there are spots where it's merit-based. You know, I, I think, you know, if, if Grimes is fantastic, he has a shot to start at the two. I think if Reddish is, you know, off the charts, he can be part of the rotation. But look, Randall's going to play. Barrett's going to play. Brunson's going to play. Robinson's going to play. Rose is going to, like, there are certain guys who are going to play. I mean, we know they're their best players. But to me, there are a few spots that you can kind of make the argument. Certain guys could could earn more minutes. But for the most part, it's, you know, you've got your main guys that are going to play. See, the thing is, you mentioned it, actually, in one of your interviews um, for the New York Post. Rose took his shirt off, looks at fit and shape. I mean, Leon Rose is peeping from him out from the outside of the window while they're training. I mean, he, I get it. He's in phenomenal shape. He looks in phenomenal shape. He's finally healthy. But again, for the people that want to see those kids play, as to your point, this is a detriment to that kind of, you know, that hope because in a way, Rose coming back healthy takes away a lot of the minutes that may have gone to Reddish if it was perhaps a quickly Grimes then you have a three-spot open, Toppin and Artenstein. So I think that's kind of what people have been saying. And to and I guess from what you're hearing, it sounds like Rose is going to get the majority of the minutes off the bench. Um, yeah, he's look, Rose is going to play. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to play. Tibbs loves him. He's in great shape. He's clearly motivated after not playing much last year. He, he's going to play. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, yeah, look. You know, I, I think you, you go into a year and you start with things in mind and you see how it works. You know, he, if it doesn't work out, you're going to see changes. I mean, they, they clearly expect to at least be in the playing tournament this year. They went out and spent a lot of money. They brought in two pretty, you know, pretty good players at Brunson and Hartenstein. Um, they're paying RJ a lot of money. They're paying Randall a lot of money. I mean, they, they're expecting to be competitive and to at worst be in a playing tournament. So, I mean, if things don't aren't working well, I think you're going to see changes. I don't think... Dibs is just going to bang his head against the wall for 82 games doing the same thing. Although I know there are probably some fans who might disagree with me. 
Oh, there are. I could. Um, I actually, you're actually coming on um, the Nick Spaces uh, Twitter Space this Sunday yeah. at five. So I'm actually part of that group as well too. So I'll be talking to you uh, nice. one more time again uh, during that time. But a lot of people in uh, that space, I think, would have that opinion. One of the main opinions, and I think this is a good point to bring up now since we're talking about dibs. Is he adaptable? Because I, I really feel this. This season has a lot to do about Randall, but equally to do with Dibs. Because if he has another failing season, I can't see how the Knicks retain him. I don't know how they explain this away. You could explain it away when you said you didn't have Rose, you know, you had injuries, COVID, yada, yada, yada. You could, have, you could explain it that way. But if you have a healthy team, you brought in players, you brought in Brunson, and then you're losing... I don't see how they retain him. So what? what is your – I asked this to Berman as well too, but is there is there really no hot seat for Thibodeau at this point? Is he free riding any lineup that he wants? I mean, Leon Rose said the other day he's not going to, you know, coach from the, you know, from the from the stands. Like he's – it's Tibbs' decisions. But I do agree with you. I think if they don't make the play the playing tournament this year and they – like let's say they, they have a year like last year. Let's say they win 37, 38 games. Yeah, I think he could be gone. I think he could be in trouble, hundred percent. You know, um, they're they're expecting to contend. They're expecting to be better. Now, I'm not. I don't think they're going to be a whole lot better, but I think they're they are a better team. I think they could win. You know, around 42, 43 games. Um, now, I think that could rise even more if we see some guys take take leaps forward. But to me, the biggest problem for the Knicks is just the conference. Like, I think the Knicks are a better team than they were last year. Maybe not significantly, but I think they are better. The problem is the, the conference is a monster. You know, the conference is just so good to where I think the Knicks realistically, a ninth place finish, people might say, well, that's not good. But I think when you consider the talent in the conference, I kind of have a hard time seeing them finishing better than around eighth or ninth just because, you know, the, the league is, the conference has just become so good. To be realistic, I, uh, you know, some of my people in my, in my space are saying six to 10. I have them really at eight to 10. Because just of how stacked the East is, there are some variables right now. I mean, you know, the Bulls don't have Lonzo. We don't even know when he's going to come back. That's a huge piece that they're missing going into the season. So we don't know how they're going to look like. Celtics lost their head coach. You know, that's a. I don't think you can you can knock what chemistry means and what a coach brings to a team. So I mean, that I think that's a huge blow to the Celtics. And then you have the Nets. I mean, it's, it's the Nets. So I don't. There's a lot of variable there. So there's opportunity. For sure to make some noise, but to your point, it has to things have to go right, and a lot of things have to go right. Arge is gonna have to make a step. Brunson's gonna have to find the magic. Randall's gonna have to find a 37% three-point shot efficiency rate, at least to be in the conversation to even try to play a wing spot. Because if you're not shooting a three, you're not playing the wing. So I mean, that's kind of you know where we're you know, kind of where we're at right now. Um, and I think you you went into my next point here. So I I don't wanna say it, but it seems like the Starting lineup that we're going to see going into the season is Brunson, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Would you agree that that's the lineup that we are going to see on opening night against Memphis? I wouldn't say 100%, but yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's, the, that's the likely five. Now, look, we got to see what grime, what kind of preseason and training camp Grimes has. Obviously, having this, this foot issue is it, is it, is it helping him. But yeah, I, I think that's I think that's safe to assume that's your starting five. Yeah. So you mentioned Leon Rose before, 
And I don't know a man who has a different love-hate relationship with the media than anybody before. I think he's the most uh, polar figure in that regard that I've seen in the NBA in quite some time. That's saying a lot, actually. Because um, I haven't seen anybody do this before. Um, he hasn't spoken openly to the media in terms of like you know, the New York, like just the papers. He hasn't spoken to anybody besides MSG Networks. So what is the feeling just regarding Leon Rose in the media circles right now? What are they saying about him? I mean, it's just, he's, look, um, the Knicks clearly have this kind of adversarial relationship with the media. I know fans don't necessarily care about it right now. Um, they're more interested in the team. But yeah, look, it's the Knicks' new thing is we're, they're going to do what the league rules mandate. There's nothing in league rules that says an executive has to talk. There's nothing in league rules that said Jalen Brunson had to talk to reporters after, you know, with an introductory press conference after he signed. So the Knicks aren't going to do that. Now, they're still going to, you know, act professionally and they're still going to, you know, make players and coach dibs available and all that stuff. But Leon Rose just isn't going to talk to the media. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily Leon Rose as much as Dolan. I, Dolan, you know, obviously doesn't doesn't like the media, thinks the Knicks are portrayed unfairly. And so this is their new thing of we're not, you know, we're not going to do anything that isn't mandated by the league. Um I think Leon Rose is not doing himself any favors by having this tact. Um, I don't. I don't think it's helping him or the franchise at all by doing this. Um, you know, but I think fans care much more about how the team does, and you know, and if the Knicks are good this year, no one will care. If the Knicks are bad, you're gonna have a lot of people saying, "Why won't Leon Rose come out and face the music?" You know, it's all about results. You know, people. Not one Nick fan is going to say, well, why isn't Leon Rose talking if they finish fifth least? But if they finish 11th or 12th, then it's going to all of a sudden be like, this guy is afraid to answer tough questions. He's only going to go to the MSG who's, you know, throwing softballs. So it's all, to me, it's all about results. It always is. It's always, that's always the way it is in sports. You know, the fans care about results and they should. Shock the world has been in my head for about a day and a half and I can't get it out, Zach. I need to get it out. Please... Somebody tell me what R.J. Barrett meant by shock the world. I think I have a guess. I think it means that we're going to perform better than people expect the Knicks to perform, which is not really hard. Everybody really expects the Knicks to go to the bottom, unless you looked at the recent ESPN report, which had us, I think Bobby Marks was very bullish on us. Think around what you had us at, around 41 or 42 wins. So, um, yeah, I but this think that's crazy. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think that's what Barrett's talking about. I think Barrett's talking about finishing like around fourth or fifth in the East, kind of like they the kind of year they had two years ago. I don't think RJ is talking like we're going to win a title. I like I think he understands that there's still ways to go here. But yeah, I think I think RJ is is you know is thinking you know we could finish fourth, they could finish fourth or fifth in the league and maybe may, win around in the playoffs, which would obviously be a fantastic year. Um, you know, to me, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. But like I said, I think it's definitely an improved team. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think people realize how much better they are at the one. Especially, you know, Brunson and even if Rose is healthy. I mean, last year, you were basically playing Alec Burks at the one out of position. Tibbs refused to play McBride. I mean, I don't, it was a mess. The fact that they, they could have a healthy Rose, they have obviously Brunson, who's just such an upgrade, is to me, can change a lot. Now, will it change enough to go from 37 wins to like 48, 49, 50 wins? Probably not. But I think it's definitely enough to go from 37 to maybe 42 or 43. 
And you know that's that's kind of uh, what the uh, the goal here this season is. We kind of don't know what the that's what we've been asking. We don't know what the direction is with this team. We we thought it was you know trying to chase stars because Donovan Mitchell was the um, the the prize, and then you know he doubled down signing R.J. Barrett and really kind of saying okay we're we're going with the youth, and and that's what he kind of talked about in his interview with Alan Hahn. And shout out to Alan Hahn by the way. Um, I think in terms of interviews with Leon Rhodes, that was the best one that I've seen thus far. Yeah, I thought um, Alan did a really good job, actually. I did. I mean, you know, obviously there's some stuff he's kind of got to stay away from working for the House Network. But no, I, I agree with you. I think Alan did a good job. Yeah, I think there's some things that you have to say and can't say. I think he did the fan service and he told the line very well. I think he's always played that very, very well. I think that's what makes him so good at what he does. So and that, that interview was enjoyable for that, for that reason. It gave a lot of fans reason to be happy, gave fans a lot of reasons to kind of be sad as well too, uh, because they kind of <laughs> heard that Randall and Rhodes were talking a lot in the off season. And a lot of fans really wanted him traded. His name was mentioned in a lot of trade reports and rumors. Um, I've really stated at this point that the Knicks are not making any moves because it doesn't make sense from a Knicks perspective to do so. You're in camp. They want to see the team they have gel and have chemistry. I think the only time you're really going to see a move, if any, is by the trade deadline unless something astronomically bad happens and they're so terrible that something needs to be done. But barring that, I can't see them making another trade this close to preseason. No, no yeah. there's that. I mean, the other thing is, you know, obviously you would like, you know, like to get out of the Randall contract and maybe that screws up Obi, but he also is coming off a bad year. His value is low. So it doesn't actually make sense to trade him then. It makes more sense to trade him if he could have a good year this year after this year where his value is higher, where he has less years on his deal, where he's owed less money, you know. So that's another reason this is such a big year for the Knicks of Randall. If he could have a good year, maybe that helps you kind of free him up and, and do some different things. Okay, I want to put you on the spot here real quick. This is my last question for you of the day. R.J. Barrett. We've heard so much. He's been signed to this huge extension, has a huge chip on his shoulder. He's talked about it really his entire career, a lot this offseason as well, too. Is he an all-star this season? No, but he's close, and I think he's going to be a multiple-time all-star. Um I don't think he quite gets there this year, but I, I think he's close. And I think he's going to be an all-star two or three times in his career. You know, I, I, I just I just love how much he's in. He, he gets better every year. I know his three-point shooting wasn't great last year, but, you know, he averaged 20 a game. You know, he, he, he really took strides, especially late in the year. I, I just like how he works. And I think he's a guy that's going to make himself into a better player every year. You know, and you could do a lot worse than your your second and third best players are R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson. The issue is they need that big time number one guy. But, you know, I, I think the Knicks are in good hands with those two guys kind of as the face of the franchise. You know what? I absolutely agree with that. I think uh, we have a hell of a season to look forward to. Preseason is this Tuesday, fans. I know you can't wait for that. We're going to be doing a post uh, game show for that. Uh Zach will be on Nick Spaces with us, a Twitter space on Sunday at 5 p.m. You can ask your questions there. We'll be talking to him live in person, just like this, only that he'll be actually live. <laughs> You'll still uh, hear from him and see him there. We can't wait for that, too. Zach, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. You can follow Zach on Twitter at New York Post underscore Brazil, and you can find him at this Twitter uh, on the screen right now. You'll see it up here magically before your eyes. I want to say thank you again to you. You've been an honor and a pleasure to speak with. Anything to say to the fans before we go? 
Hey, man, just enjoy the year. Looking forward to having basketball back, you know? Absolutely. I'm going to enjoy the year. Fans, please do yourself a favor. Watch this. Get a cup of coffee. Relax. Enjoy the year. Until next time, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. Have a good one, all right? You too. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.